0: Praise the Lord. God bless you. Tonight, we are going to have our Bible
1: study. I'm not going to be long, but I'm going to give you enough information in regard to the word about talking about uh, five sins. Most Christians sweep under the rug five sins. Most Christians, they sweep it under the
0: rug, meaning that. They don't identify them as sins. They just look them over because they feel like, oh, it's nothing big. It's nothing too much that we have to look into. It's not an obvious sin. But we're going to talk about that because sin is sin. And we have to be careful because we know what the enemy does. He comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. And he will use any method to get us out of good sync with following the precepts and the principles that the Heavenly Father has set before us to follow through the instructions of his holy word, the scriptures. Welcome. This is Thursday night. Bible study with Apostle Dr. Dawn Nickel Manning. And we're going to begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for every person that has the opportunity to tune in tonight to hear your word. We ask that you open up their understanding, that you give clarity, Father God, and that you bring knowledge to their spiritual beings so that they are able, Father, to stand upright before you with a pure heart, holy hands and a righteous attitude. Father, I pray right now that you take out all distractions and we ask for your peace to rest we will abide during this session. Use me for your glory and in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get into it, all right? All right, let's look at 1 John 1 and 9. 1 John, 1 John 1 and 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm gonna read it again. 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, it's sad that um, sometimes we do uh, look at certain things because they're not what we consider obvious sins. Those sins like, you know, that stand out. You know, you can when, when you find someone caught up in a lie or you see someone stealing or someone is exposed because they're, you know, uh, doing promiscuous acts and things like that. Those are obvious things, you know, but uh, it's some sins that Christians sometimes sweep under the rug because it's it's they're common they, they feel like these are just common things and that we rationalize it and we say well it's not that bad but as we have read here we have to confess our sins in order for God to forgive us meaning that we got to recognize what we're doing and whether we think it's small or whether we think it's large we got to repent it's important that we repent daily so let's talk about these different types of actions or activities that we that are sinful activities that are sometimes just simply swept under the rug and we got to recognize this so that we don't fall prey to these things cuz always remember it's the small foxes that destroy the vine those little small fox foxes are cute if you ever look at those little small fox they're cute they're adorable but they will Destroy the vine. They eat away at the vine, and then there's no produce, and uh, or, or the vine doesn't blossom and do what it's supposed to do because they've been destroyed by those little small foxes. So we got to be careful when we talk about oh, it's a little sin, and we sweep that little uh, sweep that little sin under the rug. We got to be careful because then you know what? That is going to eventually destroy our spiritual man, where when where and we become depleted on have a, on having a conscience on what to do, which is right. All right. Let's talk about it. All right. Pride is one of those, uh, swept under the rug sins that a lot of people don't pay attention to. Uh, the sin is, is something that, uh, as a biblical definition includes ideas of arrogance, cynical insensitivity to the needs of others and presumption. Uh, uh, pride is both an attitude and a disposition. It's the way a person conducts themselves. And sometimes, you know, um, People, you know, they spill over with, you know, uh, it's nothing wrong to be confident in yourself, but then you have to be careful that you're not uh, uh, boastful in who you are without ever acknowledging God in your life or others who have assisted you and helped you along the way. Because that pride, it promotes uh, one's own accomplishments. It promotes one's own social status. And sometimes this causes for an individual to slip into the practice of being a snobberish. Have you ever met anybody and they, they they have that spirit of snobbery? Because oh look what I have, look what I did, my house, my car, you know, my career. No, my, 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 my. Okay, it's nothing to say. Look, I'm happy where God has brought me from. I'm, I'm happy that I'm a com- I'm happily that God put it on God. I'm happy God did it. I'm happy the Lord made a way. We have to acknowledge him in all of our ways because if not, we become snobbers, snobberish. We become snobs because we're giving into our own pride. We're giving into recognizing ourselves and uh, filling our own egos. Throughout the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, there's much written about the sin of pride and danger. Uh, Proverbs eight 13. Let's look at Proverbs eight thirteen. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogance and the evil way and the froward mouth. Do I hate? I'll read it again. Proverbs chapter eight, 14. I'm sorry. Eight, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth. Do I hate these things? We should not participate in these things are, 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 what we oppose as believers arrogance, pride, those things are not becoming, those things are not helpful in who we are in developing our spirituality. If anything, once again, it depletes our spiritual maturity. It it depletes our uh, connection with honoring that God is the source of our lives and he's the one that leads and guides us. Proverbs 11.2 warns us. It tells us when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility, comes wisdom okay uh proverbs 16 5 proverbs 16 5 says the lord detests all the proud of heart be sure of this they will not go unpunished the prideful will not go unpunished there once again that spirit of being prideful is something that we sweep under the under the rug because we 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 say oh it's okay it's all right to tap yourself on the back oh it's okay you know you know to tell give honor to God because when you say things about yourself your accomplishments and things of that nature it's all because of the grace of God that you were able to accomplish those things so let's be mindful of that in addition to uh to what the old testament has said um, I've given you some uh scriptures from the book of proverbs uh let's look what James 4 and 6 says James 4 and 6 says but he gives us more grace He gives us more grace. God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. He opposes the proud, but he shows gives what grace to the humble. Okay, so we don't need to be proud. Only thing we have to do is make sure that we associate ourselves with what God is doing in our lives. And it's no need to be conceited, conceit and pride. But they're cousins. They work together. And you know what? A prideful, conceited person is an ugly acting person, and and, and they're un- they're uncomfortable to be around. Somebody, you know, sometimes somewhere somebody got pull a coattail and say, "Okay, you're doing too much," because a prideful and a boastful person, they, you know, it sometimes it's just too much, and it's not uh, uh, appealing, and it's not attractive when a person is just totally into themselves. It's not attractive at all. Yes, once again, honor God for the accomplishments in your life. But know that every good thing comes from above, not from yourself. OK, so you got to take away that pride. Got to take away those that type of thinking. We have to, throughout our daily lives, we have to take truth to heart. A lot of prideful people, they do not want the truth. They, you know, they, they, they don't like hearing about themselves. You know, you tell them, look. You saying a little bit too much, brother, and it's causing for you know some people to not want to work with you, and then they get upset. Well, what are you meaning it up? Don't be prideful. Sometimes people say something to you. You know, it's for you to take an ear to hear to improve upon that. We all need to improve upon ourselves. None of us are perfect. We strive for perfection, and we 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 work towards it. But none of us are fully perfect. So that's why we pray on it. We pray. Every day that God would help us, that he would strengthen us, that he would renew our minds, transform our our spirits. Because it's important to understand that we are forever evolving. We will never totally arrive until we meet our maker face to face. All right. Got number one down. Here we go. Number two. Gossip. Gossip, gossip, gossip. A lot of Christians sweep this under the rug. they just oh no we just was trying to find out what no gossip is sinful and it's often swept under the rug it's prevalent in our society we see the shows we see the different talk show hosts and the whole culture of gossiping and spilling the tea that's something that is common in our culture but it's, it's sinful. Goss, gossip is never okay because you know what gospel, excuse me, gossip is not the gospel. Gossip is harmful. The gospel is helpful. Gossip, gossip is based upon rumor and lies where gospel It stands upon the truth. So you got to make sure that when you're in conversation, that what you are saying, it's not harming anyone, it's not hurting anyone, and it's not going to cause for something to go back to say, such and such said this, or such and such said that, and it was harmful or distasteful. So we got to be mindful of these things. Sadly, even in our uh, church culture, gossip is common. And Christians try to sweep it under the rug because gossip tends to be masked as caring. People, oh, I'm caring for the other person. Oh, I'm looking out. Oh, I got to tell you this because I'm looking out. or Because I care for you because you my sister. You my brother. I got to tell you this. Mm-hmm. Gossip is unpleasant. It, it's horrible. It, it, it uh, makes uh, one a subject of mockery. And it hurts. And it's based on lies. And that's how you know what gossip is. Okay, When it's based on lies, when it's hurtful, when it's going to cause harm to someone else, when it's going to mock someone else, when it's going to try to sabotage someone's uh, 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 um, character. That type of conversation is very harmful and it can be very hurtful. If you do know people who like to gossip, the best thing to do is to not associate with them. Your friends, if they gossip about people with you, guess what? And I say friends, quote unquote, if they sit around and they gossip about people with you, trust and believe they're gossiping about you with somebody else. That's just the truth. Ah, that might hurt. Because I know such and such is my friend. That's my girl. That's my boy. Mm-mm. If they come with you with gossip, oh, you know, I heard this bishop said such and such, and I found out that bishop was involved in this, and oh, and the, oh did you hear about sister such and such? They bring a bone, anybody that's bringing a bone, they taking that bone, they're going to take it back and they're going to take that bone somewhere else too and share that news somewhere else too. And then they're going to talk about you too. They're going to talk about you too. So the best thing to do is when you are in those types of environments is to just simply shut it down or not involve yourself with the conversation at all. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. That's Proverbs 20, 19 a gossip betrays a confidence so avoid anyone who talks too much that's proverbs twenty nineteen. i don't know about you but a blabber mouth is annoying somebody who just blah 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 blah, blah i always got blah 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 and I always saying something else. and then you know what people who gossip you gotta wonder do they ever take time to examine themselves do they ever take time to sit back and pray and say lord Search me. Put the searchlight on me. Help me to... Per- because when you do that, honestly, you don't have time to gossip about anyone else. When you do put the searchlight and ask God to put the searchlight on you, you don't have time to be looking at what somebody else is doing to carry some news and, oh, let me spill the tea. A blabbermouth? Nah. That's not the type of person you want to be around. People who, uh, 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 who, who sit around and they try to make as if they're concerned, or if they're saying things because they feel like it's necessary to put it out there because you need to know this. If it's hurtful, if it's harmful, if it's, it's if it's to disgrace someone else, it's wrong. It's a sin. And we have to stop sweeping that type of behavior under the rug. Gossip is a sin. Proverbs 18, 8 says, the word of a gossip are like choice morsels they go down to the inmost parts proverbs 18 8 the words of a gossip gossip are like choice morsels they go down to the inmost parts you ever heard someone say the six stones may break my bones but words may never hurt Hurt me? Yes, they do. Words can be hurtful and words are hard to take back. Once you allow for words to come out of your mouth, it's hard to retrieve them and try to correct them and turn them around to mean something else. Because for the most part, what's in the innermost part of a person's heart, it will come out of their mouth. So that is why it's so important that we are mindful of what we say. Be mindful of the conversations that you are engaged in and do not give in to gossip.
1: All right, let's move right along to number three. Lying. Number three is lying. Oh, it's just a little white lie.
0: No such a thing. A little
1: white lie. A lie is a lie. Black lie, white lie, yellow lie, brown lie. A lie is a lie. And we can't sweep that under the rug. Lying is uh, a sin that is a sin. So sin is a white lie, black lie, yellow lie. A lie is simply a lie. Uh, in Proverbs 6, 16-19, Proverbs 6, 16-19, God tells us that he hates lying. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to him, called the eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises with schemes feet that are equipped to rush into evil a false witness who pours out lies and a person who serves a conflict in the community that's proverbs six sixteen through 19 god does not like those things, he those things. lying is an absolute absolute abomination to the lord that's in 12, uh, proverbs 12 22 proverbs 12 22 the word lets us know that lying is an abomination to the lord so once again, there are no such thing as little lies or blue white lies uh, or lies that won't hurt anybody anybody. The Bible tells us that Satan is the father of lies. John eight forty four. Satan is the father of lies. As believers, we are the children of God and not of the devil. So anything that the devil is a characterized with, we don't want that to be a character of characteristic of who we are. So lying, look, let me tell you something. It's a no, no, it's an abomination. It's an abomination. You should not be lying to your spouse because you're hiding money and they ask you if you had $20 and you got $100 in your pocket. And you try to be clever and say, no, I don't have $20. You know you have money. And yeah, it's not a $20 bill, but you've got that amount to help your spouse with whatever it is that they have to do. Lying, when you're on your job and you, you know somebody said, oh, the time clock not working. What time do you you in? you supposed to punch in at 9 o'clock. You punch it in at, 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 at 10 o'clock. And you say, oh, no, I, I was here on time. You're lying. Stop that lying spirit. Okay? Don't do that. Don't lie. It's abomination. Once again, these things, pull down our connection and completes our spiritual well being so that we are not strong in our faith because these things are not pleasing to God and whatever is not pleasing to God we should not engage ourselves in. Number four, I'm always there with you, number four, profanity. How many of us got those blankety blank 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 light mouths? Ask God to give you some spiritual soap and wash that mouth. Wash that tongue. We should not be using profanity and a lot of Christians sweep profanity under the rug. No, 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 no. And once again, a lot of people in our modern culture think that cursing is cool. Like it's fascinating. Ooh, she, she she used those choice words. Those words are not choice words. Those words are words that are are, are not of the characteristic of our believer. Is supposed to present themselves. So I know that, you know, sometimes people get upset in this and the other. When you get upset and you're a believer, you need to call on the Holy Ghost. When you, when you get upset and you are a believer, quote, scripture, when you get upset and you are a believer, find a word that is a defined definition of a term that is elaborate enough to express your feelings. Actually, using profanity is lazy. Any person that uses profanity is because they do not want to use their brain to uh, 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 to become stimulated enough to learn and acquire substantial vocabulary to their lexicon. So it's very important that we understand that profanity is not something that a believer should be using in their language. Sometimes you know this is looked over, and sometimes once again because we hear it in music, we hear even oh, I don't even know why females do this. I I hear females calling one another the B word. That is just so profane. It, it's not it's not a pretty word to be used outside of the term of a female dog on that particular species. But another human being calling another human being that that's not a godly character, and we do need to be mindful of that. The Bible tells us to keep our tongues from evil. Psalms 34, 13. Keep our tongues from evil. Psalm 34, 13. This means that we do not speak evil. And using curse words, we're speaking evil. For then, is never used in a positive manner. These words are normally used when someone is upset or painful. And now in today's culture is a a part of just everyday vernacular. Despite profanity being expected in the world, God calls us out of the world. We are in the world but we are not of it. So we do need to be mindful of how we speak and the terms that we use and that when we even you know, when we're upset, we still need to learn how to be kind. Yes, sometimes people will get us upset, but you still, your expressions of kindness need to come forth, wherein once again, you're not speaking a profane language. Ephesians 4, 29. Ephesians 4, 29. It says, do not let any unsocial talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's the whole point of conversation. Every time we have the opportunity to speak, it should be to lift someone up, to encourage someone. How can you speak out of one side of your mouth kindness and love and compassion And then out of the other side of your mouth, you're cursing someone out. It doesn't fit. Either you're going to be hot or cold. It's it's not to be lukewarm because what? It says that you'll be spewed out of God's mouth. So therefore, whenever you are in conversation, whenever you are in dialogue, make sure even when something happens, when you're angry, make sure that you are using the words your vocabulary expresses godly character. Yes, we're going to be angry, but the word says, be angry and sin not. So let's be mindful of that. Profanity, using curse words, that is not a characteristic of God. It's also considered sinful, and we need to not sweep it under the rug and say, oh, it's not that bad. Yes, it's bad, and we should not engage ourselves. And we are at number five, idolatry. Idolatry something that sometimes, well, you know, a lot of times when Christians speak idolatry under the law, they don't realize that they're putting something before God, your the game. You know that the Sabbath, whatever day that has been established in your life as the Sabbath if it is on the Sunday, you have people that have, you know, they've fallen out of a with their worship with God because of sports. That's idolatry. you got to be careful of that. You know, and, and it's not to say that you can't participate in those things. I love sports. I love watching sports. But if something is going to stop you from having that time to have Sabbath with the Lord, to have that time to be in his presence, to talk to him, for him to talk back to you, to get the worship and honor for who he is, that's wrong. So say, for instance, your football is not wrong play football. Maybe your game is at 11. I don't know. game is last up to 3 or 4 o'clock. If you're not able to make that service and find a service that's going to accommodate you in the afternoon. But just don't totally just stretch out and say, "Nope, that's it. I can't do anything else because I'm in football. I got a game or I got an activity that I have to go to. That's like dialing. we're not to put anything before our God. The one that created us The one that allows for us to wake up every morning that we are assigned to be in this earth. The one that provides for us, that watches over us, the one that helps us during the hard times, the tragedy and trauma. He's there. We need to make sure that we keep him as the forefront of our plans, not as something on the back burner. Because when we put God on the back burner and everything else comes before him, we are falling into idolatry. And idolatry is a In our modern day society, idols are much different, they're subtle. Uh we don't, you know, have uh, many, well some people still do, but a lot of us don't have the many uh braven images, you know, uh, like they did in the days of ancient times and uh but people idolize celebrities. Uh people people can even idolize their profession. Anything that you put before spending time with God and having some substantial time with God—that's that thing—is an idol, and you have to be careful because it could be something that's subtle that you're not recognizing as an idol because you don't feel like it's a graven in image. But anything, once again, you put God on the back burner, and you put that on the or the, the on the forefront, you're falling into idolatry. We always need to make sure that we keep God at as number one in our lives. We need to make sure that we don't fall prey to the enemy's sneaky tactics to make us lose focus of that. God is first. Then we have our families. Then we have our careers and whatever else how you prioritize. But you need to make sure that God is first. The only person we need to worship is the Lord. Nobody and nothing else. Leviticus twenty six and one. Leviticus 26 and 1 says, Do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone to yourselves. And do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. God is specifically speaking to the people and letting them know, don't put anything before it for you. That statue can't. What breath in your body to allow for you to live? It's because we live and move and prove our being because of God. Not because of our jobs. Not because of our spouses. Not because of our houses and our homes and careers and all that. No. It's because of God. So therefore, he has made it known. Don't put any image or sacred stone or yourself. Don't place your heart stone in your land and bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. Nobody. I'm you know, I'm just being honest with you. What it is a, a a nice? It could be nice a nice piece of rock carved into the figure of a name, but that rock can't move nothing. That rock can't do anything for you. See, but when you call upon the name of Jesus, when you call upon the Lord, He's a present help at the time of trouble. He'll be there. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So we got to be mindful. Don't put anything before our God. The Apostle John also tells us, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. 1 John 5.21 1 John 5.21 Keep yourselves from idols. Instead of worshiping people, things are ourselves. We need to always worship God and worship Him alone. So those are the five things that Christians sleep under the rug because they are not obvious. But now that you have come to the knowledge that these are sin, make sure that you repent daily and make sure that you don't fall prey to the enemy when you allow these things to take control of your life. I do hope that you receive something out of this Bible study on tonight. I am sorry for the temporary interruption, but if you didn't catch part one, I did save it so that you can catch it. And I hope that you continue and you weren't able to catch all of this so that you can go back and look at the recording. But nonetheless, may the Lord continue to bless you, keep you, cover you, and protect you. And whatever you put your hand in your mind to do, I pray that you give God the glory for using you as a vessel in such a time as this. Until we meet or speak again, may the blessing of the Lord continue to make you rich at your solitude. God bless you.